bleeding purple and gold from the heart of Los Angeles. This is the LakersNation.com podcast with your host, Trevor Lane. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. Unfortunately, the Lakers, well, I can't just say they come up short against the Clippers. They came up way short against the Clippers, but maybe not a surprise given the current state of the Lakers coming into this game, missing not your number one ball handler, not your number one and number two ball handlers, but your first, second, and third ball handlers in LeBron James, Dennis Schroeder, and Taylor Horton Tucker. The Lakers didn't have a player out there, aside from Alex Caruso, who was used to bringing the ball up the floor. So that was certainly a challenge tonight against the Clippers. And the Clippers also decided tonight was a night when they were simply not going to miss, particularly from behind the three-point line. So this ended up being a rough night for the Lakers, certainly. But we've got a ton to talk about still. Big matchup coming tomorrow night against the Portland Trailblazers. That's going to go a long way towards determining whether or not the Lakers are in the play-in tournament if they drop to the seventh seed. Plus, we've got a new injury going on for Anthony Davis. So he had to actually leave tonight's game uh, towards the end of the, the second quarter. So, yeah, no LeBron. Anthony Davis gets hurt. You don't have Dennis Schroeder. It was a disastrous night for the Lakers. But we are here for you. We, we know it was frustrating. We're here for you. We will here for you. We will get through this together. Don't forget to subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel, by the way. Joining me tonight, together in misery, so Matt Peralta from LakersNation.com. Matt, how are you doing, man? What a tricky question. How am I doing? Um, you know, honestly, I'm okay. Um, given everything we just laid out, I think we were both expecting a loss, just not in this fashion, obviously. We kind of hoped the Lakers would be more competitive. That was not the case. And then, you know, uh, another Anthony Davis injury to sigh about and, and worry about for the next 24 hours. So that's always good, right? So... How am I doing? I am doing just about as well as a Laker fan could be doing. <laughs> yes, I mean, look, it's it's not a good night at all. It's not a good night for Lakers fans. It's not a good night for the Lakers organization, obviously, to lose a game this badly to, to the Clippers of, of all teams, right? Um, but like you said, we went into this game assuming that it was probably going to be a loss. Um, when you found out that Taylor Horton Tucker was going to be out, THT will also be out tomorrow night. That was... And look, THT being out by himself, okay, like you can withstand that. But when it's THT, Schroeder, and LeBron James, that those are the three primary guys to initiate the offense. All three of those guys going out puts the Lakers in a really, really difficult spot where if you saw Montrezl Harrell was bringing the ball up the floor, Kyle Kuzma was bringing the ball, like you didn't have that skill set out there, and we're going to see more of the same uh, tomorrow night against the Blazers, so certainly a tough time. The Lakers, we were hoping, hoping, hoping that at least maybe in the final week and a half, two weeks, everyone would, everybody would be healthy, they could get everybody together, build up some chemistry, and that is just not the hand that they've been dealt. And, uh, it, man, it, it leads to a rough viewing experience, that's for sure, Matt. Yeah, we, we were joking before we got online that this, this post-game show is really just going to be a therapy session for all the Lakers Nation, just because there really wasn't a lot to break down from this game. I mean, if you want to talk about, you know, the Lakers giving up literally every three-pointer in existence in the first quarter, uh, sure, we can talk about some missed rotations, we can talk about, you know, how the bench guys looked, sure, but at the end of the day, like, 
I think the Lakers saw Anthony Davis go down. It was very clear that they were going to play him after he didn't make an appearance in the second quarter the rest of the way. So I think the team at that point had folded it in. Um, there's there's just not a lot of things to take away from this game. It's really hard to gauge the Lakers when they're missing essentially half the roster at this point. So uh, you kind of just got to take the lump and hope for a better day. And that better day should come tomorrow. I mean, hopefully it comes tomorrow. But uh, I, I got nothing, Trevor. I got nothing. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I mean, look, this team right now, right? I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of people, literally seeing people saying it's over, give up. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, look, this is terrible. It's not fun. It's not fun. No. But the, the hope is that at some point they'll be healthy. If they're healthy come playoff time, they could still get this done. Now, is it as likely as if they were just rolling right now and everybody was healthy and firing on cylinders? No, no of course not. Of course not. But you're not at the point where you just say, oh, just throw your hands up and it's done. Give up. No, this was not good. This is bad that the Lakers are having so many injury issues. But if they get everyone healthy, they can still make some noise. Right? So, no, it's not time to give up when we're right around the corner from the playoffs. Right? I know stuff like this is not encouraging. But we expected a loss tonight because of the particulars. Because you're playing a game without any of your initiators, you're playing a game without anybody who can handle the basketball, you're playing a game where you're missing one star and the other one goes down in the first quarter, right? I don't think we even saw him play in the second quarter, did we, Matt? No. No, didn't finish the, didn't finish the, didn't come in the second quarter, was out after the first, yep. I would think that just about any team in the NBA, if they were hit with as many different injuries and COVID issues as what the Lakers have, Right now, they would have gotten blown out too. This wasn't like a, oh, the Lakers are terrible thing. Again, the, we, what we're holding out hope for is that they can get healthy by playoff time. If they can, well, things can happen. Yeah, I get the frustration from all the Lakers fans out there because I feel like after every loss, we've just been saying if the Lakers get healthy, then they will be fine. But the thing about that is the Lakers have not been healthy uh, we saw a glimmer of hope when LeBron came back. Had a not, I wouldn't call it a setback, but you know he's nursing that sp- that sprained right ankle. And now we're seeing AD sprained the same ankle that he had the Achilles calf injury on. So there's some cause for concern there. Also, he was officially ruled out with a back spasm, which was kind of weird. We said it on the live show; it was a little odd that that's what they called it. But um, you know, we don't we don't have much info on AD's injury right now. But we're we're hopeful that he'll still suit up tomorrow. But I wouldn't be surprised if they held him out. Um. Yeah, it's rough. It's 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 not encouraging at all. We have no real hard evidence that the Lakers can win a title. We've seen it in spurts, you know, or we've had stretches in the middle of games where you know the Lakers look like themselves, and then they they come out tonight and they have a complete clunker, and it just kind of all that goodwill and all that you know benefit of the doubt kind of goes out the window, right? And and now we're just uh, back to square one. So, um. I get it. It's hard to take the long view. These regular season games have been such a slog. I think in the last, past month, it, it's just been difficult to watch Lakers basketball given how they've looked. But if you need to hang your hat on anything, again, there were just THT, Schroeder, LeBron, all out. No initiators, nothing to run your offense, no one to organize them. That's that's huge. Seeing Anthony Davis go down the first quarter can be really, you know, it can be shocking to a team, and it's hard to overcome that mid game. So now you're not now you're down both your stars, and then you're playing a good team in the Clippers. So it's not it's not unexpected that this was the result. And so 
Uh, you got to just take your lumps and hope they come out better against Portland tomorrow. Absolutely. That, that's what it all comes down to. And right now, I would say most likely the Lakers are in the playing tournament. I think that's the right. most likely outcome here. But you know what? Again, that doesn't mean it's the end of the road. All right. Uh, Brian Wasserman from YouTube said, do you buy the whole back spasm thing for AD or are they covering up something bigger? I want to get into that. But there's also a comment here saying, did Trevor Lane tweet? Oh, the rest of the comment just flew past me. Uh, tweet something about a, you know, a little girl, a gif of a little girl falling flat on her face. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, in response to how the Lakers are playing and it got put on TNT. That was in response to one of my tweets. I tweeted something out there explaining how well the Clippers were shooting, giving their three-point statistics, and then somebody responded with that, explaining that that was the representation of the Lakers season. So that was not me saying the Lakers season is falling flat on their face. That was someone responding to me that wound its way up over onto uh, TNT. Um, and then I do need to get back to Brian Washerman's comment, but uh, Al Coral with the super chat said, Trevor, don't sugarcoat this. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Could have brought back half the players we got rid of. Our chemistry was up uh, the roof, and it matters when stars are missing. And there it is, Matt. We were talking about this coming in, that we were going to get people saying, should have kept Rondo, should have kept Cousins, should have kept oh, yeah. Zubats, and all that kind of stuff. Understandable, that reaction when we see games like this, right? Understandable why people would think that. Uh, at the time, though, you go back to our thinking when the Lakers made these moves, and we said, on paper, this team got better. On paper, right. this team this year is more talented than the team last year. The team this year, though, has not been able to stay healthy. And I think that's been yeah. the biggest issue. Yeah, um, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I think after – because, again, fans just need to see things happen on the court. So we saw the Lakers win the title last year. Now they've got all this goodwill, all this benefit of the doubt, like I mentioned earlier. But now we trade all of that way for, you know, what we perceive to be upgrades. If, if you're going to ask me if the Lakers should have kept all the guys, I still stand by the moves they made in the offseason. I thought the Dennis Schroeder trade for Danny Green was excellent. I thought Mass Matthews was a value signing at the time. Marcus Gasol on a minimum, great sign. Montrez Harrell at the time I was kind of iffy about, but I, I think he's earned some, you know, credit with the teams for what he's done so far this season. So I, I get it, but... Um, yeah, we wouldn't be talking about this if the Lakers were healthy, though. We have to remember, they were around 21-7 and at the beginning of the year. Uh, they were in first place in the Western Conference. They were playing good basketball. I think they had started to catch their stride a little bit at the beginning of January, and then we just get hit with all these injuries. And, and that's where the season kind of takes its turn, right? So um, I think if we had a fully healthy Lakers uh, roster for most of the season, we're, we're not talking about this at all. I think we're talking about, you know, should we be resting, guys, because the playoffs are coming up. You know what I mean? So... Um, I get it's frustrating right now, but and and I know fans are tired of us hearing safe injuries, uh, trying to stay healthy, etc. But that's just that's just the approach that they're taking, and and we just have to live with that. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's it. That, that's it exactly. You know, it's uh, unfortunately the world that we live in right now. The Lakers are hitting one injury after another. Um, going back to Brian Washington's comments about Anthony Davis, uh, I, we do have an update here, and I want to get into this. But first and foremost, do you buy? The back injury. Uh, I don't know if I'd necessarily buy it. It wouldn't surprise me given given AD's injury history, but I don't know if I would buy it per se. Okay, so this is from the Lakers Nation Twitter account. Uh, this is from Anthony Davis's interview post game. Says his ankle is fine, his back locked up pretty bad. He says it feels a little better now, and he'll see how it feels in the morning before deciding 
if he'll play tomorrow. He's expecting to play, though. And according to our own Ryan Ward, Anthony Davis says the spirit in the locker room is still high. His teammates told him to focus on tomorrow's game. So to me, that tells me, and I, I don't, I, you know, I don't want to put words in his mouth here because this isn't specifically what it says. But to me, what that sounds like is at halftime, his teammates told him, "Don't worry about it. Focus on tomorrow." I would imagine, right? Um, and then Anthony Davis says. Tomorrow is probably the biggest game left of these games and that the stakes in Portland will factor into his decision on whether or not he plays. <laughs> uh, yep, that sounds exactly what we were talking about on the live show was that uh, we were saying that I think at halftime the game was already declared lost. Uh, Anthony Davis had suffered a very minor injury. There's no point in bringing him back because I don't think they were going to win that game anyway. Uh, he's right in that tomorrow's regular season game. And we can talk about this. Uh, tomorrow's game is arguably the biggest regular season game of the year for them. Um, so it makes sense to want to preserve him and make sure he's available for that game rather than tonight. So, uh, yeah, back, back spasms, I, I kind of don't buy uh, still. But I, I do see the thinking in that, oh, if, my, if I could say my back tied it up, I think there'll be less questions about whether or not he could have come back. So there is that. <laughs> yeah, it- if you're reading between the lines here, because we were talking, we did a live watch party, but by the way, guys, over on Hot Mike during this game, obviously not a great game to do the watch party for, but you know, when we set this up, we thought it's going to be LeBron and AD and, and Schroeder and all these guys going up against the Clippers, epic showdown, and it didn't end up being that, but um, we, did a, we did a watch party, we were talking during the, the watch party about this, like, if you're Anthony Davis, if you're the Lakers, are you looking at this game and just saying, well, you know, we're down by a lot, Let's just rest up for tomorrow night's game. And maybe his back really was bugging him a little bit, but he, they just kind of said, well, you know, no, no reason to push it. That's, it kind of sounds like that's what Anthony Davis is saying, is like his back locked up. But like if this was a playoff game, I'd have to imagine AD would have been back out there and he would have been playing in the second half. And instead, they said, let's focus on tomorrow's game against the Blazers. Yeah, 100%. I think if Anthony Davis needed to actually play this game, he would have played it. But I think given the circumstances and how the game was going, there was just no, it made no sense to do that. So uh, I, I, it's frustrating to hear that because I think most fans want to see players play through things no matter what. But if you want to take the long view of things and given the importance of tomorrow's game, I think it's ultimately the right choice. But yeah, you would have hoped that you would have seen him play all of this game or most of it still. But uh, it is what it is. Yeah, that, that's just it, right? I mean, you just you just have to roll with it. Obviously, you wouldn't want him. I'm glad he said his ankle was okay, but you don't want him to be dealing with back spasms. We've seen where those can be an issue. And I know people will get right. frustrated. And they'll say Anthony Davis is brittle or he's injury prone or whatever. Uh, back spasms are not fun. And so hopefully he is good to go. Uh, according to the Lakers Nation Twitter, Twitter account, Anthony Davis on the play-in game. Obviously, we don't want to go that route. But if it happens, it happens. That's kind of what we've been saying, Matt, that the Lakers, for as much as we have talked about this, uh, right. the Lakers fans, Lakers media, we've talked about, you know, what do they do to avoid the play-in tournament? I don't feel like the Lakers are that worried about getting themselves oh, no. into the play-in tournament. Like, I don't think that bothers them that much. Like, they, it doesn't feel like they're going all out to try to avoid the play-in tournament like it's some great boogeyman or anything like that. Yeah, um... Someone brought this up on Twitter, I think maybe a few days ago, but uh, it seems to me at least that the uh, the Lakers fan base 
versus how the actual Lakers feel about where they're at in the season is just so massively different that maybe that's why we're we're so frustrated because it's very it's very on brand for Lakers fans to freak out or panic after every loss, especially a bad one like tonight, mm-hmm. right? But I think the Lakers themselves have taken the long view and are just and they're so confident in themselves that at this point we just need to get healthy. If we get healthy, we like our chances against anyone. And honestly, that's the view I've been taking too. But even as a fan, that's frustrating because I want to see them win. But I think for them. They're still operating under the, if we're completely healthy and we've got our guys back, there's no one that can beat us in an actual series. Uh, whether or not they should be that confident, maybe that's a better question. But in terms of should the Lakers feel freaked out, I don't think so. Uh, I think me and you would happily take them in a play-in tournament scenario. Um, I, I can't imagine them losing two straight games that they actually need to win, right? Yeah. So I, I think that's just kind of where where the discourse is between the two between the fans and the actual players. Um, but yeah, it's, it sucks for us because we root for them. We watch them. We, we sit through nights like these and we want wins and you know, it's, it's never fun losing. I'm sure the players feel that, but I think they're more focused on getting to the playoffs in one piece. Cause at this point, I'm not even sure if that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, we, th- that was the light at the end of the tunnel for months now. We've been saying, well, the few weeks before the playoffs, that's when they're all going to be healthy. And now that's not even going to happen. Schroeder might not play again this season, right? He might have to sit out the remainder of the regular season, and then we don't see him until the playoffs. Right. That's that's the reality we could be looking at here. Um, as somebody mentioned uh, – where did it go? There, there it is. Somebody mentioned from YouTube, Trev, do you think the Clippers are the best team in the league currently? So let me say this. I guess first, the play-in tournament, if the Lakers are in that, how excited would the NBA be about a Warriors versus Lakers play-in tournament game? Steph Curry, who's been going ballistic against LeBron and Anthony Davis and the Lakers, that, that could be incredible, no question, if you're not a Lakers fan, right? Lakers fans, you don't want to have to see that, but if you're a fan of the NBA, you'd be really excited about that. But then, if the Lakers are in the play-in tournament, do you see the Clippers as being the best team right now? Vegas does not agree with that. If you look at the, at the odds right now, the Lakers are sitting second behind the Brooklyn Nets in terms of the odds to win an NBA championship still. So, where are you at, Matt, in terms of the play-in tournament? I know this is two different topics. The play-in tournament and then, of course, the Clippers. Do you think that they are playing better than anyone else in the NBA right now? Well, it's about the play-in tournament. The league would be ecstatic if they got Warriors-Lakers yeah. play-in tournaments. Um, there's just no question about that. that is a ratings bonanza. Um, Steph Curry in a must-win game versus LeBron and AD trying to ramp back up. Of course, of course, that's going to be exciting. Uh, I, honestly, even as a Laker fan, I think I'd still want to see that, even though I'd prefer them to miss the play-in tournament. But um, that that's the play-in tournament stuff. As far as best team... Um, Huh. Do I want to give the Clippers credit here? <laughs> um, <laughs> do, I, do I think the Clippers are playing well? Do I think they're a good team? Do I think they're worth contender status? Yes. I, 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 in a vacuum, I, I do believe those things. Um, but do I think they're playing better than anyone else currently? Um, I mean, if I'm being super honest, wouldn't the best team playing right now be like the Wizards? <laughs> but Well, maybe true. Yeah, sorry, but I, I know I, I understand the question. I, I think that 
I don't know if they should necessarily be considered the favorites. I know Vegas doesn't agree. I think they do have real holes on their roster that we just haven't seen exploited because this has just been such a weird regular season that teams are just trying to, you know, do their thing and get to the playoffs in one piece. So um, I, I think if I'm comparing them like to teams of the Eastern Conference, for example, like I, I think they predictably struggle against Brooklyn. I think they would even have issues with Philadelphia. Um, I, I think those two teams against the Clippers match up really well. Uh, as far as the Western Conference goes, I really do think it's between the two LA teams. Uh, respect to, again, the Jazz and Suns uh, fans. I, I, I think those teams are great, but I, I think it really will come down to a Los Angeles team in the Western Conference. So um, if the Lakers are not healthy, then yeah, I think the Clippers are the favorites in the, in the West, at least for sure. Uh, but in terms of the entire league, I think I'd still lean Brooklyn and then maybe even Philadelphia. Matt, I've got people in the chat that are losing their minds that you said Wizards. <laughs> I think I think some people we still just have this knee jerk reaction that when we hear Washington Wizards we just go oh a terrible team right right and, and we don't notice that they actually won a lot of games recently and they've been beating some some decent I mean, including the Lakers they've beaten some decent teams they lost to the Bucks by one this team is suddenly finding themselves in the mix I was saying during our our watch party that I want to see the Wizards take on the one or two seed. In the East, I want them to get through the play-in tournament because I think they could they could scare some people with the way they're playing basketball right now. I'm not saying they would win, but I think it would be interesting to watch anyway. So yeah, like the Wizards have been playing very very well right now. Um, that said, I think the Clippers, if they continue shooting threes the way they are, which is like two or three percent higher than anyone else in the NBA, then yes, I think they have a shot. As much as it pains me to say it, I think they do have a legitimate shot if they keep shooting the way they have been. From downtown, if you look at what they did tonight, I mean, with the first half, they spent most of it shooting, what, 50, 60% from three. On the night, they finished at 42%, but that's still, that's their average for the season is 42%, which is ridiculous. And then 53% from the field tonight, they shot the ball extremely well. It's possible, and I still think this is going to happen to them, I think there's going to be a regression coming, and at some point, it's going to catch up to them, and they're going to have a few bad shooting games in a row. And I think that's going to happen come playoff time. That's just my prediction for the Clippers. But if it doesn't, if they continue shooting the three this well, I think they have just as good of a shot as anybody else of winning the whole thing. But again, it's the Clippers. They have a history of falling apart. So until they get it done, I'm going to assume that they, they probably come up short. Yeah, I feel like every time I give the Clippers some credit, they do something to take that away. So... Uh, yeah, I, I, I do agree. I, I think it's I personally think it's incredibly difficult to sustain their level of shooting in the playoffs when defenses are more keyed in. Um, I think that's factor number one. And then factor number two, again, like I mentioned, I don't think teams have really been throwing their best stuff out there. So I think the Clippers will struggle in, in, in the certain round. I don't know which one yet. But um, yeah, as far as the Wizards comment goes, guys, uh, it's not really about how you start the season. It's about how you finish it. And if you've watched the Wizards the past month, they have been very good. Uh, which is why I brought it up. It was it was kind of half a joke because I knew people would say Wizards, like this guy's crazy. But if you actually look at their record the past like 10, 15 games, they've done really well. Um, so that's that on that. But yeah, I think the Clippers, like you said, they've got a good defense. Ty Lue is a much better coach, I think, uh, than Doc Rivers. That's just my personal opinion. Um, and I think they'll be better prepared in the playoffs. And if the shooting sustains, then it's going to be hard to beat them for sure. Uh, but it's the Clippers, like you said, so I'm not putting anything past them. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, especially after blowing that 3-1 lead last season. In the playoffs. I, sorry, I had to bring that up. It's, it's too much fun. <laughs> it's too much fun <laughs> too to much bring fun. that up. Uh, 
It was like the Lakers won two titles last year. Uh, Athena Borja from uh, YouTube says, Davis is not a superstar. Okay. He um, needs to be so. a center. That's where he is good for his job. I think most of the NBA would disagree that Anthony Davis is not a superstar. But what do you think, Matt, about Anthony Davis playing more minutes at the five? That's something, you know, Ron Gutterman and I did a video earlier today about the Lakers center rotation with the big disclaimer that as much as we debate Andre Drummond, Marcus Gasol, Montres Harrell, who should get the most minutes at the five spot, the reality is that the Lakers may be at their best with Anthony Davis at the five. And that's certainly what we've seen historically. So what do you think? Like, how many minutes should AD spend at the five? Should he get the bulk of them there? And does it matter if that pushes the other centers to the bench? Uh, my short answer is all the minutes all at the, the five. Minutes. <laughs> all the minutes. Uh, all, all 48. No, on a serious note, I do think Anthony Davis' is future position will be at the five, whether he likes it or not. Uh, that's just the way the NBA is gone. Uh, there's no ands, ifs, or buts about it. So uh, his best position's at the five. I think it's undisputable at this point. I don't think it's a is his best position the five. I think it just is. So that's that's one. Two, how many minutes should he get? I think in the playoffs, he should get all of his minutes at the five, personally. If you ask me for my personal opinion or my personal preference, we would just exercise the centers depending on the matchup. So if, if, if it's a team that has bigger bigs, uh, that I'm sitting Trez for the rest of the, the series. There's no ands, ands, or buts about it. If I need spacing, I'll put in more for five minutes. If I need if I need more rebounding, uh, then I'll probably put Drummond in. But if 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 that's but they're going to be coming off the bench no matter what. I'm not starting another big next to AD. Like I'm going to have Kuz next to AD, or I'm going to have Marquis Morris, whatever whatever Frank Vogel decides. I'm going to have a stretch four next to him. Um, so like you and Ron probably agreed on, Anthony Davis just needs to be playing more five when the games matter. Um, so yeah, that's really it. I've been saying AD at the five solves everything. So I'm, I'm a very big proponent of him just getting all of his minutes, if not the bulk of them at the center position. Yeah, agreed. I I would be playing him as many minutes as I can at that five spot. I do think that makes the Lakers a little bit more dynamic on both ends. Uh, I've got some people who are asking, how do you fix the offense? Uh, well, it's hard to fix the offense. Tom Lee asking, how do you fix the offense? Multiple players I would gladly leave open for the shot of the Lakers. Everyone can shoot slash score on other teams. Look, right now, yeah, the Lakers shooting has been poor. But fixing the offense is going to require everybody to be healthy. And that includes, of course, LeBron James, <laughs> yeah. uh, who is a lot of the offense. And he's a lot of the reason why the Lakers get open looks uh, when they do. So there is no, like, magic, hey, if they just run the high pick and roll – X number of times per game, boom, the offense is, is fixed. No, it's going to take the guys actually being healthy and being out there and able to play and able to execute. Um, if you don't have a healthy team, you're not going to be able to run a good offense. I've been impressed with what the Lakers have done defensively despite not having a healthy team. But ultimately, the offense, if it's going to be even, say, league average, you have to have your guys out there and be healthy in order to generate the open looks that can improve you're shooting. It's easy just to say, well, the Lakers just can't shoot. And that's true, but they're also struggling to generate good open looks. And you generate good open looks by having a guy like LeBron who can draw double teams, who can draw players into the paint. Dennis Schroeder can do that as well. Um, otherwise, you're dealing with a lot of contested shots because the Lakers are a team full of spot-up shooters mostly because they're built to play alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis and guys like that. So, yeah, there, there's no magic fix for the offense, but getting LeBron James back healthy and the entire team back healthy 
would uh, would go a long way. Yeah, that's how you fix the offense. You just stole the words right out of my mouth. You get healthy LeBron and AD. But but let's we can dig into this a little bit more. How how do you get open looks and how do you get how do you get open looks from three? You you have a guy on the team that can draw an extra defender or draw help. Uh, right now, if you have no LeBron or AD, there's no one on the team that team fences are going to be really scared of. So you're going to see a lot of that. Uh, in the interim, I was saying this on the watch party. I, I was surprised that Frank Vogel didn't play uh, Mark Gasol more minutes just because I thought they could have used more more offense and more spacing at the five spot especially. Um, I think that's you know one fix that you can maybe look to to kind of help the offense a little bit breathe. Um, yeah, it was, it was a little curious that we saw more Drummond. I, we saw more Drummond tonight than I'd anticipated, honestly, given that AD went out too, and I thought Mark Gasol would get more minutes, but... Um, yeah, I, I think Mark needs to play more. I've been saying that all season. I think the Lakers look better on offense, especially when he's out there. Um, and then, yeah, you, you, you get your ball handlers back too. not even just LeBron. If you had Dennis and THT, we have a little bit more dynamics. We have a little bit more of a dynamic offense with someone that can get north south, draw on some defenders, kick out to the perimeter, get a better look. But tonight you just don't have that because you know, all your ball handlers are out. Anthony Davis goes out. Who do you realistically have? Yeah, we were joking during the game that Montrez Harrell brought the ball up. I mean, that was almost out of necessity. Um, so, so yeah, that, that's the kind of night, guys. So, how do we fix the Lakers' offense? Uh, you get your best players back, and you give them the ball. <laughs> it sounds like such a simple answer. How do you fix the offense? You get better players out there. That, that That's the way that you, that you fix it. And, hey, Montrez Harrell had a pretty sick dime that he threw there, that off-the-dribbled <laughs> one-hand uh, bullet pass on the to a cutting McKinney for about. I was not expecting to see that out of Montrez Harrell, so that's certainly credit to him. Um, from YouTube, 1980 Nasso said, Trevor, do you think if Schroeder starts from the bench, the team will have more points with the second unit? Uh, interesting idea. Hello from Athens, Greece. Welcome from, from Athens, Greece. Glad to, glad to get uh, international fans in here always. But uh, so the question, do you bump? I, I don't think you make this change now. We're too late into the season. But in theory, Matt, if you were to take Dennis Schroeder and bring him off the bench, let's say you take Caruso, right? And you move him into the starting five. You're going to play him alongside LeBron. Dennis Schroeder gets the second unit. Does that fix the second unit scoring drought issues? Like, is that something that the Lakers could look at doing, just playing Schroeder more with that second unit? I think so. Yeah, um, I've thought about that a little bit too, actually. Um, I don't think that he'll start coming off the bench, but I think you'll see him more in bench units. Um, because uh, Frank Vogel talked about this pregame. He said that he has a pretty good idea of how his playoff rotation is going to shake out. Um, I don't necessarily think that means that he's going to be using the same uh, rotations or he's going to be using the same you know minutes distribution that he's been normally doing or the same substitution pattern. Um, I think... Um, getting Dennis into the second unit will help grease the offense more. Um, I do think that they need another ball handler besides THT because we need someone who's a credible jump shooter coming off pick and rolls especially. So um, I do think Dennis coming off the bench and playing more next to the bench guys would help that help them score more. Um, but do I think he's going to just come off the bench when he comes back? No, I think he's still going to start. But I do think you'll see him next to more bench units, hopefully at least. Yeah, I think that there's ways to manage that, right? And we've been talking about this Way back since December, we've been talking about how you can, even November, when they first uh, brought in Schroeder, we've been talking about how you can stagger the rotation so that he starts and he still gets to call himself a starter, but he plays most of his minutes with the bench in order to give the bench unit that little bit more punch. 
and and a more of a seasoned ball handler because we do have questions about Taylor Horton Tucker and how he will perform come playoff time because sometimes he has a bad night, which again, expected, 20 years old, but sometimes he'll have a bad, bad night and come playoff time, those kind of silly turnovers that he can make can be death. So you got to be right. really careful there, and I wouldn't be surprised to see a little bit more shooter with the second unit. Uh, Chris Lee from Facebook, Trez got hit in the face earlier than usual <laughs> this game. That is, I don't know why that he gets hit in the face every game, and it's become a drinking game. And I have to think that the reason why he got hit in the face so early in this game was to make the rest of the game a little bit more tolerable for everyone playing the Montrez Herald drinking game during during this one. He was trying to help everybody out. Yeah, I. <laughs> I, oh man, I wish I could find the original tweet, but I do remember notating early in the season that he also just got hit in the face, and I was just like, this has to be some sort of drinking game at this point for Lakers fans. So, uh, yeah, astute observation. He got hit, I believe, in the second quarter, I think, or first quarter. I don't even remember, but it was very early. Um, if he wanted to do Lakers fans a favor, he would have got hit in the face a couple more times, though, because I think we could have used the extra uh, alcohol in the bloodstream. But uh, that is neither here nor there. Good point. Good point there. Um, all right, let's get into the master lock of the night. And yes, we didn't even do the next man up because... Oh, there was a next yeah, man up? That, that, that's why we didn't do it. So let's get into the master lock of the night. Here we go. the master lock of the night by the way for those of you who've been asking where is the nwa champ chris masters why is he not here he was with us during the uh the watch party so if you were if you joined us for the watch party on hot mic which if you didn't you definitely need to come join us next time we do one which i believe we're going to do one for banner night um it's, it's a ton of fun so make sure you come join us for that chris was with us on that one and it started getting pretty late so uh so he is not here for the post game show tonight but he is going to be doing some coming up in the future so don't worry, Chris will still be back. But uh, Matt, who are you putting in the Master Lock tonight after this uh, game that featured a lot of Master Lock-worthy candidates? Oh, God. Um, well, before I start, uh, shout out to the person in our watch party who said to Master Lock Steve Ballmer. I didn't want to take that. I don't want to take credit <laughs> for that. But that is an awfully good one. Uh, my man Ballmer is just uh, a little too rowdy for a regular season game. But... Uh, Hey, man, that's what you're into. Uh, but as far as the master lock goes, um, as much as I would like to just master lock the Lakers and the injury bug, because, I mean, Jesus, like forcing me to sit through that kind of game is just rough. Um, I will probably master lock. Can I just say Pat Bev because it's Pat Bev? Like, is that is that is that boring? No, I mean, I think Pat, Pat Beverly is is always master lock worthy. Yeah, I just feel like it's kind of a cop-out because no one on the Lakers was particularly good except maybe Kuzma. Um, oh, I've got a good one. Chloe Perez says, Rondo in a Clippers jersey. That is indeed very, very gross. Oh, it's actually super annoying how useful he looks for the Clippers already because we didn't get this Rondo until the second round. I mean, I know he missed the first round, but we did not get this Rondo until late in the playoffs, so it's a little unfair that he's performing this well. Uh, I, I guess, uh, can I, can I uh, oh, I got it. 
Uh, I am going to master lock former Lakers Clippers revenge games. Uh, okay, <laughs> revenge because you saw Zubats play well. You saw, of course, uh, Rondo play well, and Boogie. And, yeah, okay, that's true. Yeah, um, I hate that whoever plays for the Lakers or used to play for the Lakers and they play in the next season, they just decide to have a good game. So I'm I'm gonna master lock those players because why can't you guys do that when they're on the Lakers? There, there you go. Very true. Very true. And then of course Boogie Cousins as well had uh, had some nice plays out there tonight. So I like that master locking revenge games. I'm sticking with Bomber. I, I am master locking Bomber because <laughs> for one, I think he would sell the master lock pretty well. He's already you know pretty beat oh, red. Sure like most of the time, 95% of the time. But I also think just his antics in a game that's a blowout, right? It's not that close. It's a regular season game, and the Lakers are missing everybody, and he's going nuts like they're winning an NBA championship at that moment. That, I think, is master lock worthy. I hope that's something, too, that the Lakers remember. This guy, like, just going berserk on the sidelines and and kind of trying to rub it in or whatever. And I know that's just people say, oh, it's just bomber being bomber or balls as genie bus might say genie likes to call him. but yeah. uh, i just think that is very master lock worthy and hopefully it gives the lakers a little bit of whiteboard material for next time they take on the clippers so steve bomber getting put in the master lock and he can certainly afford it someone someone uh, should clip that of uh, him cheering super loud in case the clippers get bounced in the playoffs early because then we can just reuse that over and over and over again that would that would definitely be fun. That would definitely be fun. I think that is something that we could go back to. Um, all right, guys, let's let's do a quick check in on the standings and where the Lakers are currently sitting. Um, uh, yeah, it's not it's not great. So the Mavericks tonight they beat the Brooklyn Nets because of course they beat the Brooklyn Nets. I saw people on Twitter that were claiming the Nets through the game in order to try to make put the Lakers in a worse spot. I don't know if they would go that far. Um, but I guess you can't put it past them, but I don't know. Uh, the Lakers now find themselves one game back of the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavs are sitting in the five seed. Right now, the Lakers are sitting in the six seed, which would put them into a first-round matchup with the Clippers, uh, but the Clippers have just a half-game lead over the Denver Nuggets for the four seed, but the Lakers are now tied with the Portland Trail Blazers, and if the Lakers lose tomorrow night to the Blazers the Blazers would have the uh, the edge in the season series, so they would own the tiebreaker. So if they lose to the Blazers and then they catch back up and they finish tied, the Blazers will still get the sixth seed. So tomorrow night's game will go a long way towards deciding who is in the play-in tournament and who is not. So again, right now, Lakers, Blazers tied at 6-7, and seven, both teams 37-29 and 29 on the season. Yep, um, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I actually care about a regular season game, uh, and I've been telling myself all season that I would not care super, super about. Oh, I wouldn't care a lot about a regular season game. Yet here I am, hoping the Lakers win tomorrow uh, because I don't want them to play an extra game. Uh, that's God. I am. Uh, I feel a little gross saying it, but here we are. Um. I've got somebody asking, is there any danger of the Lakers falling to eight? Uh, I would say no. Nah. Because there's a, the Lakers still have a three-and-a-half game lead over the eight seed. At, and then the Blazers are sitting three-and-a-half – I'm sorry, the Warriors are sitting three-and-a-half games back. At this point in the season, 
with only what five games left right now, you're not. That, that's not gonna. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. Yeah, I can't imagine it. The Warriors would have to win out, and the Lakers would have to lose out, basically, for that scenario to happen. Um, so, yeah, I don't really foresee that happening. I think the Lakers are either going to end up six or seven. Wow. So over the last ten, this is how the Lakers have put themselves in this position. Over the last ten, the Lakers are three and seven. Over their sounds last right. ten, the Mavericks are eight and two. That sounds about right. Yeah, the, the Mavericks were playing really good basketball. Those two wins against the Lakers hurt, obviously. So. Uh, I can't really complain about that now. Yeah. Yeah. So it's looking like, and again, we'll see how things go tomorrow, but no THT again tomorrow. No Dennis Schroeder, no LeBron. Anthony Davis, maybe. That's going to be tough against a Blazers team that's going to be motivated to not be in the playing tournament, but I know the Lakers will be as well. Tomorrow night is going to be a battle. We'll see if the Lakers can figure out a way to scrap and claw and get this thing done. Uh, on the night, just looking at some stats, Kyle Kuzma uh, was one of the only only two Lakers in double-figure scoring. 25 points, five boards, four assists, two steals, one block. I think he probably would have been the next man up had there been one. Uh, three threes, nine for 19 shooting, four or four from the line. So actually a pretty decent performance from Kuzma. Montrezl, six boards, four assists, 14 points, four for nine shooting. Other than that, nobody else really got going. In this one. The wasteland. Yeah. Yeah. 38% yeah. from the field, 28% from three tonight, 62% from the line. They just flat out did not shoot the ball well at all. Can't you say that about almost every game, though? <laughs> Unfortunately. Unfortunately, yeah. Shooting is but, – but that's particularly bad. You know, they shot – against the Nuggets the other night, they shot 43% from deep. Tonight, right. 28%. That is a big, big difference. And so that was a major problem for the Lakers. Um, you know what? The one thing I think that we should just kind of file away, right? Nothing that, that we can look at that, that would say this changed the outcome of this game in any way. You're going to sure. love this, Matt. I thought your guy, Wes Matthews, had a few solid defensive stands against Kawhi Leonard uh, and just in general defensively. I liked what he did out there on that end of the floor. And I think that's something that Frank Vogel will put right up here and remember if the Lakers see the play, see the Clippers come playoff time. Oh, Trevor, finally coming around on my guy. I am. Uh, <laughs> this is the best part of my night because uh, I do remember there was a time when we said that Wes Matthews wouldn't crack the playoff rotation, and yet here we are. Well, he, now, on offense, uh, he was rough. One for five for oh, three. Bad. Two for seven shooting overall. So I'm not saying he went out there and lit the world up. I'm just saying he had a few plays where he looked like a pretty solid defender against Kawhi. Yeah. So we we did we discussed we discussed this on the on the Taylor and Horton Tucker video we did yesterday. Uh, but I do think Wes is going to have you. Bigger bodied wing like a Kawhi Leonard, like a Paul George, uh, both happy to play for the Clippers. So uh, no coincidence there that Wes Matt got more minutes in this game. But um, I think this is where you'll see Wes Matthews get most of his minutes is when the other team has a bigger wing that KCP is too small to guard, that Alex Caruso is too small to guard, someone that you don't want to tax AD and LeBron with. Because remember, we saw we saw Anthony Davis start out on Kawhi today, which I thought was interesting. Um, yeah. 
But I think that when the playoffs come around and you have AD at the five spot, which, again, I think is going to happen more often than not, you're going to need someone to check the bigger wings like a Kawhi Leonard. And I think that's where Wes Matthews will get all of his minutes is in those stretches. I think we saw it a little bit tonight even where before AD got hurt or AD got hurt and I thought Frank Vogel was going to mirror Wes's minutes throughout the night with with Kawhi. So I, I think that's kind of what I'll expect if they see each other in the playoffs. Uh, but yeah, it's a couple solid defensive defensive possessions. We were talking on the on the watch party that you know defense in today's NBA isn't as straightforward as locking down a guy and making sure he doesn't shoot or misses everything. It's really about doing your job, pushing him off the spots, making life hard for them. And if he's he's gonna make shots, people like Kawhi Leonard are too good. They're gonna oh. score no matter what. It's just a matter of how hard are you making it on them. Can you lower their field goal percentage a little bit? Can you make them pass up a couple other shots? Can you make them uh, take contested ones? Once you've done that, you've done your job. I think Wes Matthews can do that to a to a degree, um, and I think you'll know he'll be in the rotation for sure. Yeah, someone's gonna love that. I mean, look, Frank Vogel is a defense first coach. That's that, and so that this is going to stand out to him, and I think this is going to matter. Uh, you know, Ben McLemore came in, shot three for nine from three, was not shy shooting the ball, but Ben McLemore, you can't ask him to go defend Kawhi. That's going to go very very poorly. Uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope has had issues defending. Oh, my goodness. I just saw this. Contavious Caldwell-Pope was a minus 29 on the night. Minus 20. Like, I knew it was bad, but that that is worse than I thought. Caruso is a minus 25. KCP has some issues defending some bigger players. So maybe that's something the Lakers can turn to. Maybe that's, again, not like this is a major thing, but maybe it's something to file away just so we can take some kind of a positive out of this game that maybe that they, they will use Wes Matthews on some of these bigger wing players, something to consider at the very least. All right, let's talk about tomorrow night. Huh. Tomorrow night, the Lakers take on the Blazers. And this game yes. will likely determine who is the seventh seed and who is the sixth seed. Okay? It doesn't mean if the Lakers win that that's it. They're, they are the sixth seed, or if they lose, they are the seventh. Right? There's still a few more games to be played, but this game will go a long way towards deciding that. So, what are you expecting to see from the Lakers tomorrow night? Again, knowing that, that yet again, they will be without THT. They'll be without uh, LeBron. They'll be without Shooter, which means we might see more Point Herald tomorrow night. Um... I think my answer is very dependent on whether Anthony Davis plays. Um, if you ask me right now, I think Anthony Davis will play tomorrow. Oh, I oh mean, he even Matt, sorry. I, 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 I messed up. I meant to talk about this. I'm sorry to interrupt. Somebody mentioned we, oh, didn't, no, we didn't talk about KCP's poster dunk. Oh. When I went to KCP, I meant to throw in the bet that, yes, he was a minus 25, but that he did have – or minus 29 – but he did have a great poster dunk. So we want to make sure we do give credit there because that one one that one was uh, very nice. Yes, it was uh, one of the few moments that I could cheer about tonight. Uh, I think I was I think I could probably count them all in one hand. Uh, <laughs> one of them being Montrez Harrell getting him the face so I could drink later. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, yeah, um, I, 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 I'll just, yeah, as far as tomorrow goes, though, um, I'm not expecting another KCP poster, that's for sure. Um, but <laughs> uh, as far as what to expect, if Anthony Davis plays, I think the Lakers will come out more competitive. They just have this really weird thing where they'll, they'll play really badly one night and then show up the next night and be like, 
oh wow, here come the Lakers again. We caught it with the Denver game because we weren't sure what team to expect. We thought that was going to be a for sure loss and they end up surprising us. So uh, it would be very on brand for the Lakers this season to come out tomorrow and play really well and beat the Blazers in a game that they not necessarily have to win, but have to win if they want to avoid the play-in tournament. Um, so I, I, I would like a better defensive effort for sure. Uh, the Blazers are a different team than the Clippers. They don't have two wings that are that are harder for them to guard. I think they match up better against guards like Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum. They have the personnel for that. Um, I would like to see the Lakers run their offense through their bigs more. Um, I would like to see Andre Drummond try to get more deep post position in the, in the paint. I'd like to see if Anthony Davis is playing. I'd like to see him take at least 20 shots tomorrow. Um, and then, yeah, just better defensive overall, like better overall defensive effort. I think, I think that's what I would like to see. Am I expecting it? I don't know, man. The Lakers are so Jekyll and Hyde this season. I have no idea. Um, but I'm hoping that we get that. Um, but I think here, I'll say this too. I think we'll really see how much they care about the play in tournament tomorrow and how they come out. Uh, cause if you, if you remember the Denver game, they came out from the jump, very serious on both ends, high energy, high effort. If we don't get that from the Lakers tomorrow, from in the first quarter, I think that tells you all you need to know about how much they actually care about playing an extra game or two. Yeah, that's just it. Like we've kind of gotten this sense from some of their comments that they almost feel like they are accepting that they're going to be in the play-in tournament. And so I'm curious too, which Lakers team are we going to see tomorrow night? Are we going to see a team that is fighting and scrapping and doing everything they can to not be in the play-in tournament? Or do we see a team that's kind of accepted that mm. and they recognize yeah. that they just they don't have anybody who can initiate the offense at this point and they just kind of roll with it? I don't know which squad we're going to see. I, would, I will say this. It's not impossible. For everybody saying, oh, another loss, it is not impossible for the Lakers to beat the Blazers despite not having any of their initiators aside from Alex Caruso. The Blazers are an okay team. But they're not a good team. They're certainly not as good as this Clippers team. I think it's possible for the Lakers to go out there and get a win despite not having those initiators. It won't be easy, but I think we could see that happen, especially if they really scrap the defensive end. And if you look at this game tonight, they they had, uh, you know, they forced 22 turnovers out of the Clippers compared to only 10 right. for themselves, which is great. They also won the battle of the offensive boards. If you look at the particulars, they did what they needed to do to win, except they missed shots. The Clippers made yeah. shots, and the, and the Lakers missed a lot of shots. If you can bring that a little bit more even, right, and you play the same way against the Blazers, you're able to win the turnover battle, you're able to win the offensive boards battle, I think you've got a good shot. Of, uh, of walking away with the W as good as Damian Lillard is. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm not out here. Think, so I'll, I'll say this. I did not feel good coming into the Clipper game. I feel better about tomorrow. Of, of course, this all pens AD's health, right? If, if AD plays and I'm, I'm confident that they can maybe pull out a win, uh, I'd maybe put it at like 60-40 if AD plays. If Anthony Davis does not play, then I'm like at 20-80 to 80 or 80. 20 that they'll lose i i don't think it's impossible i think they could do it uh again depending on ad's health but i I think the trailblazers are not a team that i would be frightened about i think this clippers loss was expected but i think the blazers won given especially what's at stake there there's actual built-in stakes there's playoff implications for this particular game uh i think the lakers when they're awake when they're actually trying when there's full effort like i mentioned earlier they are a good defensive team no matter what offensively it's just kind of where the pendulum will swing whether or not they lose if they can hit enough shots the Blazers are not a world-beating defense by any stretch so I think they can score a lot easier than they did tonight 
uh, I think they have a shot. And that, that's really all you can ask for at this point, that they've got a shot, and we'll see. We'll see what happens when they go out there. And, uh, and you know, we've talked about this. The play-in tournament, as long as you just get one game, you win it, and you, and you move on, it wouldn't necessarily be the worst thing because it could lead to a matchup with, say, the Suns or the Jazz in the first round. Honestly, I would rather see the Suns or the Jazz than the Clippers. I would too. In the first round. So it might not even be the worst thing, again, assuming that you can get out of that play-in tournament quickly and not have any kind of hiccups or anything like that. Yeah, um, I'm surprised no one asked it. I'm sure someone asked, but we talked about it a little bit on the watch party is whether or not we would want the Lakers to make the play-in tournament because it'd give them an extra game to warm up and ramp up. Um, and also the positive of avoiding the Clippers in the first round, which, you know, we don't want to say we're ducking the Clippers because we're scared of them, but I think the Lakers are the most vulnerable in the first round because they'll be getting their guys back and they'll, they'll still be trying to ramp up themselves. Uh, I think the Lakers are a team that if they get out of the first round, they'll look better and better because they'll have been tested and have games under their belt together where, you know, they can get their legs under them. They can get to back to play together. Um, you know, I, I think that's the positive time to take. I think that's a positive takeaway if they make the play-in tournament is that they'll be forced to play more because, you know, God, for, like, they just have not had time together. So mm-hmm. one or two extra games here and there might end up being helpful for them. But, um, yeah, I, I think that the play-in tournament wouldn't be the end of the world for the Lakers. I think they view it the same way. So um, we'll see. I mean, tomorrow is probably likely going to decide that. Yeah, it does seem to be that. It seems to be setting up as the game that will determine who's in the play-in tournament and who is not. Somebody asked what happened to THT dealing with a calf strain. And so it's a grade one calf strain. He is out for tomorrow's game as well. It was out tonight against uh, against the Clippers. All right, guys. Big game tomorrow. Big game tomorrow against the Blazers. We'll see which Lakers team shows up. Can they get the job done and play their way out? of the play-in tournament. We'll be right here doing the Lakers Nation Live post-game show, just like always, so make sure you come join us for that one, and make sure you're also subscribing to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Matt, it was a rough one. Thanks for hanging in there on a long night and uh, and getting through a, a game that was, frankly, not that fun. Not that fun is uh, quite the understatement for tonight, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, at this point, I am just hoping the team can make it out of a game in one piece. Um, I, I I don't have much other than I will try to get some sleep tonight. <laughs> Rest up because we are right back at it again tomorrow. Till then, everybody, stay safe and see you.